0: I'm Merlin. How's it going? Good. Long time to see. Hasn't been that long. We just talked uh, last week, right? That's right. Yeah. Yes. There's no just... veil to tear away. No, we've been
1: talking consistently yes. to each other for the last month. We talked about we... Uh, politics
0: last week. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. As you remember when we talked last week. Yeah, yeah. We talked about politics. That was a, that was a real hit show. Ooh, It was a barn burner. Yeah it was. Got a lot of got a lot of hearts and faves for that one, fam. Yeah. Collecting hearts, mm-hmm. collecting faves. Mm. Collecting them in my uh, in my little Tupperware, in my um It's not a little Tupperware, it's a big 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 one of those big Tupperware. It sounds like the name of a SoundCloud rapper. Little Tupperware. Tupperware. Oh, little Tupperware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got a big I got a big uh, bucket of those. Hearts and faves I've been collecting since 2011.
1: Mhm. Hearts and minds, hearts and faves. Well, it's nice to talk to to you. You used to get a lot of faves. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Got a lot of gold star faves. Yeah, I don't use the internet as much as I used to. You said a mouthful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I use it. I use it differently. The pipes and the wires, you know, I have rerouted them a little bit. Did a little bit of home improvement on my
0: internet. You know, it was my uncle's law partner that said uh, the internet was a series of tubes. I've told Mm, you. Right. That's Uncle Ted. Uncle Ted. Yeah. It's uh, I no, talked not about, on the, on the, you don't put it on the back of a truck. That's what he said, right? That's right. He added some nuance to it. I talked about him a lot in the last uh, week or so. Cause I visited my uncle who is 91 now and he's trying to write his autobiography and he's got, he's written quite a bit of it, but, um, he was telling a lot of stories about the good old days while we were sitting around, sitting around the couch and uh heard a lot of great Ted Stevens stories. Any it, uh, any you can share?
1: Because Ted Stevens in the popular imagination. I think if you know the name Ted Stevens, you may know that he is the, the tubes uh, series of tubes back of a truck guy. Mm-hmm. You may know, wasn't he famous for the quote-unquote bridge to nowhere? Wasn't that his boondoggle?
0: No, that was a different Alaskan. See, I, I already don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that was Wally Hickle. Wally Hickle, the... Mm-hmm. Uh, Governor, former governor and Nixon's secretary of, of uh, the interior. But Uncle Ted was a fan of political pork, was he not? Well, Ted, oh, Merlin, you Don't said. Get, let let you, me get you started. Please permit me. You said it. Political pork. Ted was the chairman of the Armed Forces Appropriations Committee.
1: They get, they get to decide where, uh, what, ad hoc That's, defense money goes? No, that's where all the defense
0: money. Comes. All the defense the, money. All the, the great defense money. All the great defense money. The appropriations committee is very powerful, and Ted was the leader of it. And so, and you're, you, you know, guys are
1: right there by uh, by the Soviet Union. You can you can see could it see right, right out your window.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. And you know, my dad and my uncle are uh, are peaceniks, or uh, at least um, anti-war. They're doves. That's mm-hmm. what they would have been called. Hmm. Doves. Doves. The doves. They prefer would... peace. They, yeah, that's right. They prefer peace. And they would say, you know, Ted, you got a, what are you doing here, man, with these guns? And Ted would say, you know, 48 out of 50 states, the, uh, the military is their number one employer. <laughs> that, that should get its own it's, logical fallacy. That's a really stuff. good logical fallacy. It is. It's, it's, it's like my dad used to do when I, when I started to try and take his car away. Uh, because he was too old to drive, and he would say, "I got go, I got go, appointments. Got to get the car fixed. <laughs> got to go get the. Got to go see the car mechanic." Yeah, hey, you know, white people run everything, so we should let white people run everything. So <laughs> Ted, Ted, uh, yeah, Ted. You know, he was appointed to the Senate the first time. He never. He didn't even. He was uh, his like. He didn't win election to that office initially okay i'm looking him up here i go and that was that's like kind of extraordinary just in the sense that he you know he became one of the longest senators uh-huh. longest serving senators. He
1: he's president pro tem
0: uh of for, the four, Senate. for
1: four years he was at the time he was the I'm on the internet science site he was the mm-hmm. longest serving republican senator in history at the time he left office mm-hmm. now of
0: course that's orrin hatch yeah, Orrin Hatch now has made it, made it over the. He's over like the Cthulhu. Wire.
1: I mean, they're gonna have to pry the Senate from his uh, his one good <laughs> hand. <laughs> 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 A lot of, like, lot of layers. Oh. Yeah, yeah. have memory serves, when Orrin Hatch came in, and he, part of his whole thing was uh, that, that like there's uh, he was off of term limits. <laughs> Orrin Hatch term. didn't like the idea that these guys would get in there and then never leave. It was real frustrating to him, and that was I think in 1977. <laughs> Is that right? Was it 1977
0: when he came in? Uh, Orrin Hatch? Yeah. Boy, I have no idea. I don't follow the career of Orrin Hatch. You don't, you don't really
1: read, read the traits. I uh, assumed office as January 3,
0: 1977. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and Ted was already there, right? He was He was there. Ted, this is what's crazy. He went into the Senate right about the time I was born. So... I mean, there was like three months of my entire life that Ted Stevens wasn't in the U.S. Senate. Also, I, just,
1: I, want to, I want to just reflect the fact that I just totally confused Orrin Hatch and Bob Dole. Thank you very much. I'll fix it in the edit. <laughs> Cut that part God out. God damn it. That would have been so good. 1976, <laughs> his first run for office, elected to the Senate, defeating Frank Moss, a three-term incumbent. Among other issues, Hatch criticized his, uh, uh, Moss's 18-year tenure in the Senate, saying, What do you call a senator who served in office for 18 years? You call him home. He ran on the promise oh. of term limits, right? He got in there. He oh, ran on the promise sh- of term limits. That was, that was one of his do. big ones. We should have do, right? Yeah, should have do. Oh, Bob man. Bob Dole had been in there in a while. Mm. It's early. It's really early. So uh, I, took it, you, I
0: took you off your game. So Uncle Ted comes in. Oh, and it was a weird thing because the, the he came in because uh, a, sen- a the, our senator at the time, a guy named Bob Bartlett, what, uh, who was a Democrat, uh, uh, Bob Bartlett died mm-hmm. and it was not yet the rule, um, that if a, if a senator died in office and you were going to appoint a replacement that you rep- or you appointed a replacement from the same party. Mm-hmm. So the new governor was a Republican and he just appointed a Republican. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Instead of replacing Bob Bartlett with the Democrat. Bob Bartlett born in Seattle. Yeah, and you know, the uh, one of our competing high schools in Anchorage, I went to East High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our competing high schools was called Bartlett High School after after Bob Bartlett. Hmm. All, all the history's connected? It's all t- it's all connected. It's mm-hmm. all, you know, Alaska is, is very small, very small political, politically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alaska very small.
1: Hmm. Uh, he, di- he died I, the year you were born,
0: I believe. December, Bartlett, yeah, well,
1: December 11, 1968.
0: Yeah, he had uh, had some heart surgery. And that's why Ted Stevens was appointed by, by the Republican uh, governor, by the Republican governor. And when, you know, and immediately, immediately, um, immediately appointed. Um, yeah. That was a big year in 1968. Yeah, riots in Paris. Mm-hmm. You know, white this album. Is, this is the 50th anniversary of 1968. I know. Isn't that strange? That's one it's of those the- years that must have felt like five years. It, it It still feels like there i I don't know we've had a we've had a bigger year since no it was we've talked about
1: this every goddamn week, but like the fractiousness of nineteen sixty eight and the stuff that happened that i mean sixty three obviously with Kennedy being assassinated, that was a real shocker. For the country, it just it was a felt shock. like. Well, I mean, because you think about it, who was the previous one? Was not Cleveland McKinley. Like the last presidential assassination had been like this from another era, and you just couldn't even imagine this uh, seemingly healthy uh, young man, you know, uh, just being being cut down. Emphasis on seemingly. Seemingly, he had a lot of pills stashed, a lot of pills and. Uh, and various things i but you know but the, the 68 so much happened even if you just take the assassinations and there's so much more than the assassinations but like you say internationally the stuff was stuff going on internationally with so bananas
0: yeah i just i feel like uh, that was back when years would be like a year mm-hmm. right like time magazine would do like a like the year in review and it really felt like Wow, we really put one away this year. We were put one in the history books. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna remember 1982. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, that was, that was a heck of a year.
1: 1997 uh, is going to make 1982 mm. look like 1968. Like. <sighs> hot, hot, wheel, hot, sef- wheels, hot Wheels were introduced January 4th, 1968. Hot Wheels. Sesame Street. Sesame Street. Don't let me take you off your game. I'm just reading the internet, but keep going. No, no,
0: no. These, th- this is my game. I was realizing, um, I, well, I just a second ago realized that it's very early. It's so
1: early. I've I've been I, up. I've been up in Hale and Hardy since like six thirty, and I, by ten a.m. I'm just so tired.
0: Uh, I
1: got. It's like it took like my second
0: morning. <laughs> you I think you know about second morning sleep? No, I don't. I my, <laughs> my I have introduced my daughter to the concept of second breakfast, uh-huh. and I'm I so sorry I did. Oh no, second breakfast is now a thing. Well, because I started reading her *The Hobbit*. Okay. Oh, terrific. Well, except she is really not into it. She's like, ah, oh, boring. Yeah. Uh, but then we got to very early on. You know, Bilbo starts having a second breakfast, and she, her ears really perked up. Second mm-hmm. breakfast. Pretty soon she's gonna want to smoke a pipe. Second breakfast. So we. <laughs> right there in have, the plastic. <laughs> I do have to hear about it now. Oh, I was, I was, I was told by her that I can no longer tease her, and I said, oh, I've well, had that. I've had, I've had that conversation. Yeah, and I was like, tell you me can't, what you
1: can't take something out of canon. If you said something cute in a funny voice, you can't, you can't, I can't sweep, it's too boring. Like, that's going to be on you forever, kid. Forever. You shouldn't have said that when you were two if you didn't want
0: to be cute. Yeah, that's right. I can't sweep, it's too boring. It's too boring. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I said, well, what, what is the number one way that I tease you that you want me to stop? And she said, stop saying Bastic of potatoes. This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you
1: by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by going to Squarespace.com. You can get yourself a free trial there. And when you're ready to launch, please use the very special offer code SUPERTRAIN to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Holy cats, there is so much great stuff that you can do with Squarespace. Well, let's start, as they say, with step zero, which is you can have a podcast there. The show you're listening to right now, Roderick on the line, is done entirely using Squarespace. They have the files there, they got the show notes, they got the images, it's all there. And John and I just love it this site, but you can do whatever you need to with it. You can create a beautiful website for whatever your next big idea is. You can make your new idea into a cool website. You can showcase your work. You can create a blog or publish other kinds of text content. You can sell products and services of all kinds right on your very own Squarespace site. You can promote your physical or online business. Restaurants of America, please get a Squarespace site. You can even announce an upcoming event or a special project. It's all right there with Squarespace. They do that by giving you Beautiful templates created by world-class designers, powerful e-commerce functionality built in, let us sell anything online, the ability to customize the look and feel of your site, the settings, products, and even more. With just a few clicks, everything is optimized for mobile, right out of the box. They even have a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 beautiful domain extensions. They have analytics that help you grow in real time. You guys know all this stuff. Just get out there and do it. you got to make it. Make it yourself. Easily create a website. And you know what? Even if Squarespace is not the perfect thing for you, please keep it in mind for other people in your life. You do not need to be in the webmaster business. You can point them to Squarespace, get them set up in just a really a very small handful of minutes, and they're good to go, taking care of their own thing big fans of Squarespace. Once again, you go to squarespace.com and you can get your free trial. When you're ready to go, you just use the very special offer code SUPERTRAIN that's going to get you 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick
0: on the Line and all the great shows. And Forget said, about it! Not going to happen! Well, so, so I was like, alright, you know what? I'll stop saying Bastic If you, if, if this is really bothering you, this teasing of what I say, because it, 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 it's, it, it's a game, right? She says, you know, what, what are we doing this afternoon? I'm like, well, I don't know. Uh, we could go to the movies or we could eat a Bastic of potatoes And, mm. and, you shame. Know, and she's just covered in shame. Yeah, and the thing is, if her, if her guard is down, but but she started to she got she started to get the game, and she would preempt me. Mm-hmm. I'd go, well, we could go to the dinner, or and she'd go, get a basket of potatoes, mm-hmm. and then I was busted. Dad, lame. Yeah. Well, so so I said, I'm going to stop teasing you. I'm going I'm going to take that out of the out of the the lexicon. We're not you're not ever going to hear it again. And then later on that afternoon. I said, well, what should we do this afternoon? And she was like, why don't we get a basket of potatoes?" And I was like, hey, wow. if I can't tease you, you can't tease me. It's like, it's that. like, it's like her N-word. <clears throat> well, and so now she really has to, she's really chewing on it <clears throat> uh. because she didn't want to be teased. But what that meant was she didn't want to be, she didn't want to lose she didn't want to be the one that delivered, got the basic of potatoes delivered upon her.
1: now, now she's like that uh, that alt right guy who dresses up in diapers and, and hangs out in safe spaces to pwn the libs. Hmm, wah, I, wah. I'm not familiar with him, although this yeah, morning, yeah. yeah. he's a guy. He, he's, a, he's a grown man. He dresses up yeah. in he's, he's been known to dress up in diapers with a pacifier. And he hmm. goes to college campuses and makes fun of safe spaces when he wears a diaper. Oh, that'll show them. Same thing, right? Bastica of potatoes,
0: same situation. It's like uh, she's poning herself, it's a self pwn. I, I opened my email this morning because I, I made the a couple of days ago. I was like, you know, all right, I'm going to go and unsubscribe from all these things, and let's see which ones mm-hmm. I really successfully unsubscribe from, and which ones it's just like it's dropping like hitting, a little- the, hitting the elevator uh, up button. <laughs> yeah, it's or, not really attached or, to anything, or dropping a dropping a bit of oil onto like the uh, overhead projector at a dead show uh where it just is like boring and now all of a sudden I get 400 emails because I've identified myself as a living person. Uh. But I got an email from the NRA mm-hmm. this morning, which I had never had one directly from them. Are you are you a member? No.
1: Most of my family was. But are not? Well, my 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 late father was a uh... He basically, his his occupation, his career was, I mean, he'd been an Eagle Scout. He was, he's from that age where like normal guys yep. had guns and he taught gun safety classes and he was in the NRA and he was in Ducks Unlimited and he was like, hey, we can't kill all the ducks or we won't get to shoot ducks anymore. Like an mm-hmm. early kind of like right wing conservative movement, like I've conservation always, movement. Like he was, was always, he was like a good, he was a good gun guy. He taught, like I say, he taught gun safety classes and except for Korea, never shot a guy.
0: Except for Korea, he never shot a guy.
1: Yeah, he was. He had a bad time in Korea. It was not a good police action. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it was he really was in, bad. He, 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 had was in he had the PTSD. He had the PTSD. They didn't. You know, they didn't call it that then. They just thought he was a guy who didn't like fireworks. Was he a marine or an army? He was. Uh, he was very briefly a PFC until he got busted to basic private because he refused to paint a barracks uh, right before they. Uh, he knew they were
0: bugging out. Oh yeah. So they you know, busted him.
1: There's just two ways, and one of them is the army way. And the other way is that you get less money each week.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one uh, to get uh, to, get bu- to bust, busted down. He's in, he was in front-line
1: battles. He had, he had frozen feet and stuff. It was a terrible no situation. Kidding. No, Ouch. it was awful. It was awful. It was awful. So he didn't want to watch M.A.S.H. Let's see. He I don't know if he watched M.A.S.H. M.A.S.H. was on for a couple of years before he died. I don't remember that being a show that we watched. But I mean, everybody uh, liked Nash. Everybody. You know, Winchester just died. Charles Emerson Winchester III? Charles, um, yeah, he just he passed a couple, three days ago. Oh, no. And my daughter knows him through his voice work. He's been, he's been the voice in many things. He's a voice in uh, a Miyazaki movie Spirited Away. Uh, he is a voice in uh, the wonderful and underrated Lilo and Stitch. Huh. That, and, and he's in a program, a terrible, not terrible, a, a program my daughter likes called The Regular
0: Show. He also has a role in there. Huh? No kidding. I, I, I'm always amazed by people that recognize other people's voices in voiceover work. I mean, I can pick out Morgan Freeman. It's, it's, a,
1: it's a sport in our house. It's like, who can name that person first? I see. I took you off the, the
0: Pinedos. Oh, uh, no. I mean, uh, I, it, there was never a time where I didn't feel like the um, National Rifle Association uh, was not an organization that did not represent me. Wait, there's a lot of knots in that. Nah, there that were a again, lot of knots, right? That, 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 there was never but they, a But they used to be.
1: I mean, I, I think the, where we stand today is it's fairly well known that even though they portray themselves as an organization that is for people who believe in the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms, they I are in fact... I don't think they
0: fact, even pretend to be doing that It
1: anymore. is a They are a industry-funded lobbying group whose primary goal is to sell more guns and secondary goal is to not allow anything to happen that would prevent selling more guns that's but,
0: not to be cynical but i think that's pretty much what they are at this point this this was uh you know the the transformation of the nra from a sportsman's organization to whatever it is now a lobbying group it's a lobbying group uh well but you know a sportsman's lobbying group to whatever it is now uh, like an industry right? I mean, industry centric yeah well or no it's not even it I, I don't think it's that it's a propaganda organization now Yeah. it doesn't have anything to i mean but that transformation's been happening throughout the course of my life. Like mm-hmm. my grandfather was, even by 1950s standards, a gun nut, um, like a nut. Mm-hmm. I, I've probably described before that in the house uh, it, it, the house my mom grew up in, she said that there were just rifles leaning in, in all the corners of all the rooms. Like, in the living room, all four corners just had, like, rifles leaning in them. And so when she was home alone at night, and it's a farmhouse, it's out, uh, you know, a mile from the nearest neighbor. <clears throat> She'd be home alone studying at night, and I guess they didn't have curtains, because they couldn't, I don't know why, because back then, why would you have curtains? I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I don't think they were too poor for curtains, Although they were I got right on, to hide, I got nothing to hide. Why do I need curtains? Right on the border of being too poor for curtains. <laughs> like, oh, we, could, what, we could use that fabric as napkins. <laughs> um, but like, uh, guns in the corner, and so she would move her. She would move her little study chair to the center of the room because she didn't want. She was obviously like she's you know young girl. She was afraid that someone was looking at her in the in the dark. Somebody was out in the dark looking in, but she also felt like there are guns in all the corners. Like, I'm fine, ultimately. Like, I can get to a gun within seconds. But a strange environment to grow up in. To me, yeah. And, and, uh... It felt felt natural to her. Well, I'm not sure it did. I mean, she still... She still... uh, uh, just cause mom, I, I think
1: of those sure, I think of yeah, those gun. as
0: deadly people weapons,
1: and I think one cognitive disconnect between in our country right now is that there are people who think of guns primarily as people killing machines and other people who think of it no differently than they would think of a screwdriver or a hammer. It's something that's part of a certain rural uh lifestyle that includes hunting and the need for protection because there's no one to help you there
0: well and I- I mean hunting, sure, but there are a lot of people in America that can that look at a rifle, I think, as a tennis racket. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that you go and you get you go to the range or you go somewhere and and, and plink at cans or shoot at targets. I went to a target shooting match the other day. A friend of mine from Portland is a is a uh competitive shooter and his team was playing the local Seattle team and he and his he and his pal a fellow shooter came up and I went to the range with them and they competed against the locals and you know the the Portland team maybe predictably were all in their 40s <laughs>
1: and they quickly reduced to pointless infighting <laughs> uh,
0: no but they, they like they all had kind of long hair and beards And the Seattle team were all 70. Oh, how interesting. And had suspenders. I love that there's still regionality in anything. I love that. They had suspenders on their jeans. And, you know, like the Seattle team was definitely like old gun people. And the Portland team were like, we're the young. You know, these are very technical instruments, these pistols. (coughs) And, you know, that's a whole... I mean, shit, they're still shooting in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, get the biathlon.
1: That's a crazy like, That's a crazy
0: event. Did you watch the women's biathlon this no, year? No, no, no. But
1: I just remember when, first, when I first became aware of it as like a teen, I was like, well, let me get this straight. Like you ski really hard, you get out of breath. They always said that's the hard part is you're kind of out yeah. of breath. And then you need to pull out a rifle and shoot
0: very accurately at a distance. I watched the women's biathlon and it was thrilling. Oh, cool! Some thrilling, thrilling uh, Olympic drama. But yeah, that tennis racket thing—the idea of it just being a thing that you go like—it's just a sport, right. it's just sport to go try and put a little, a little piece of metal into the center of a piece of paper that's a long way away, mm-hmm. like. But my my grandfather was a, was somebody that. Uh, according to my mom, he put all of his spare money in guns. Uh, because, <laughs> don't i to do blow it on curtains. <laughs> I mean, that's right. What are you going to do? Send your daughter to college? Nah. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> so by the time he died, his gun collection was worth a small fortune because he had all these magic oh, guns. Wow. Yeah. Like uh, he had bought all these beautiful weapons and and he had uh score upon score of them, and I guess my mother's brother took who also was gunny he wasn't like super gun nut but he was gunish uh-huh. at least gun adjacent uh but he he took it all and sold it sold it all as a big you know as a as a major component of his quote unquote estate uh-huh. which i think was Largely made of guns. He was living at the (laughs) time in a house made of guns. (laughs) (laughs) The walls all fell down. Eating off rifles. Yeah. All (laughs) that was left were the guns, but it it ended up being a shelter, a form of shelter. Uh, And I was, I'm actually, even now, many, many years later, decades later, I'm a little, I feel a little bit like, a little tiny piece of me. Uh, is missing in that I do not have a single one of my grandfather's my crazy grandfather's old guns. I, I would even I, I, to I
1: can totally understand that.
0: Yeah, some just like some bird rifle or something you know it would there's, have... a, there's a, a long-running um, beef in my
1: near family where basically at some point after my dad died uh, an acquaintance of our family was like basically taking care of my dad's collection of rifles and pistols and um, my mom had asked for it back never got it back and to the, to this day she still steamed about it yeah because I, mean, my brother... I mean that's that's how it was at the time like that's very associated that would be like keeping his
0: watch in his wallet or something Keeping his watch in his wallet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My brother David got my dad's navy flight jacket oh, a long time before I came along. Right? He grabbed that out of the closet because that's a weird thing. Uh, in 1968, let's let's put let's locate this story in 1968 mm-hmm. when my brother David would have been 18. Um, my dad is not. My dad already is looking at his navy flight jacket as some moth-eaten old. Thing that's hanging around the back of his closet. Talking about 23 years there. Yeah. And when his teenage kid's like, hey, let me wear your your jacket, man. My dad's like, sure, whatever, you know, get it out of here. Not even thinking that he would ever have another son Mm -hmm. who would 20 years later. Who who has kids that late in life? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Who would ever want that jacket later, you know? Want it more. Mm Mm-hmm. Wanted more, take better care of it. So uh-huh. my brother, you know, my brother took it and I'm sure like put out his joints on it <laughs> for however long. And then it just was gone. Just went into the went into the shit pile like mm. all the other jackets that that hippies didn't appreciate. But I did get my dad's watch in his wallet. Uh-huh. I feel a little bit bad about it because. I was over at his old folks' home one day. I was in the bathroom looking for a Q-tip, and I opened up some drawer, and his watch was in there. Did I ever tell you this? No. And I said, Dad, what's your watch doing in this, in the bathroom? And he said, oh, I, you know, put it in there so the cleaning lady won't find it. Mm-hmm. And I said, the cleaning lady is, first of all, that's not the problem. But second of all, the bathroom isn't like the place. He was like, well, I just don't, and I said, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll take it and keep it for you. I'll protect it for you. And he said, you're stealing my watch. <laughs> you're no better than the cleaning lady. And I said, I'm not stealing your watch. Like you're not wearing it anymore. What do you, what do you think is going to happen to this watch? This watch, this, this is a, this is the topic of watch advertising. You hand your watch down. That's what happens. Old men hand their watches down to their young sons. He was like bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the struggle, the struggle at that point is very much
1: about maintaining agency mm-hmm. and relevance and importance, and like taking away uh, uh, the greatest generation's watch is a way of saying like, oh, you don't need to know what time it is anymore.
0: Well, right. But what I was afraid of, and it's na- natural, that he was going to hide it by tucking it in the couch. Right. You know, tucking it in his rented couch. And, uh, oh, the biggest mistake I feel like I made, we were cleaning out his house and he had some gateway computer that he used to peck out emails to me on. You Mm -hmm. know, where it was just like he would, after a while, just stop using punctuation. I mean, it was, you know, he was Mm -hmm. just like, hey, what are you doing? You know, email. Email. <clears throat> and when I, um, when I was cleaning out his place, I was just like, you know, he had mostly particle board furniture by then. And, uh, and I just put that gateway computer in a box and took it to the thrift store. And it never occurred to me, and th- honestly, the chances of this are about 6%. But there's a 6% chance that he had been sitting at that computer pecking out some autobiography. Right. And the thing is, I know that it's 6% rather even than 16% because he never did anything like that in his whole life. He never sat down. It may not be how he would think about using the tool even. It, it, I, I'm, I'm 100% sh- Well, I'm 94% mm-hmm. Four. sure mm-hmm. that... <coughs> he didn't think of it that way but but he you know he was a lawyer he was no stranger to filling up legal pads but he never once that i ever saw and i have every legal pad he ever touched because i'm a because i didn't i threw away his computer but i didn't throw away all these legal pads but he never was like you know what i was thinking or you know he never wrote a single page of like reflections on the way life used to be mm-hmm. like he mm-hmm. never did. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, I don't think that his computer was full of his autobiographical notes, but ah, that 6% chance that it was, yeah, it eats at you just a little. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things eating at me. I feel like I'm in a, I'm in the Amazon and I'm, I'm being pecked at from all sides. Although apparently, uh, that's not how piranha work. Apparently no they were a team, right? Well, but if you stepped into the, you could walk across the Amazon and the piranha would not skeletonize you. That's oh, so good to know. Yeah, I think that's. I think I learned that on one of those. That's uh, one less thing to worry about. And I could. I could use that right now. Whew, whew. You don't have a real piranha problem there in the
1: sunset, though. See, see, here we're back to we're back to gorilla suits and quicksand. Like mm-hmm. piranha's is another one of those things that we were raised to believe was something that was like a genuine issue of concern. Oh, for sure! Quick, I mean, like you can't tell these millenniums, but like there was a time when we could all be pretty sure that somebody you knew would die in quicksand. It was everywhere.
0: Oh, absolutely, gorilla
1: suits everywhere. So many gorilla suits, and now you just don't hear about. And piranhas just don't come up anymore.
0: You don't hear about them the way you did. It's absolutely true. There were state piranha.
1: Well, killer bees. Killer bees. Af- well, Africanized bees. Mm. One uh, one week in 1968, March 31st. Lyndon Johnson announces he will not seek re-election. Now, you hear that today and you go, oh, no big deal. It was a huge deal. It was a huge, shocking deal when he said he would not seek it. He would not accept it.
0: Think about another president who said, nah, Mm, nah not for me april 2nd huh.
1: april 2nd uh 2001 comes out april 3rd planet of the apes comes out april 4th martin luther king is assassinated also april 4th uh apollo 6 is launched mm-hmm. april 6th a shootout between black panthers and oakland police result in several arrests and deaths including 16 mm-hmm. year old panther bobby
0: hutton that was one week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes indeed we do mm-hmm. and that's what that was all immediately before i was born now you were born by then, Yeah, I was good and born. Mm-hmm. You were alive, and this is you know this is well, you would think that there would be a generation divider between if you were born before Martin Luther King was killed or after. But, I think it, but Se- Sesame Street might be a bigger deal. Sesame Street, it feels like, but, but don't you feel like there's a generation gap that starts with people? Wh- where do you think you start to feel like people are younger than you? What, what age... When they were born. I have, well, I, have a, I have a totally crazy one, but
1: it's unavoidable. This is really dumb and so trivial. But like a lot of my friends who are just slightly younger than me or feel just slightly younger than me. See, I had a couple things for better or for worse. Like I was born late in 1966 mm-hmm. and I started school late. So I was one of the older kids in my class. But with that said, friends of mine who just feel just slightly younger than me are real into like shitty 80s robot cartoons where oh, I was already yeah. on to like, you know, Doctor Who or whatever. Right. So but the like, ones the, that there's were... All, they have all this affection for like... And, and then just slightly younger than that. You're already getting into Pokemon. I'm like, Pokemon? Like, I was fucking like 25 when that came out. You
0: know? So how, So where is that line? I mean, do you think of me as younger than you? I used to, but now I do not. Well, let's toss out a few. Um, because in the Indie Rock days, when you and I first met, mm-hmm. we were already both in our 30s. Yeah, that's true. Somebody asked me the other day about my relationship with you like well you know did you and Merlin like always did you did did you used to text each other and I was like what no not, not really. on what? We didn't. Well, yeah, we texted <laughs> each other. You didn't have a computer. <laughs> no. Don't you understand the whole concept of this podcast is that we used to talk on the phone, and neither of us wanted to talk on the phone, but that was the only way you could communicate a with, with your I friends. You're one of the few people I
1: talked to on the phone. Yeah, we, we watched a uh, Kitchen Nightmares the other day where the guy had a flip phone, my daughter was like, what is he doing with that phone? <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, that's
0: like when this show came out, that's the phone that most people had. No, yesterday, we I, I was at a restaurant in Canada, mm-hmm. and there was a... There was a phone, like a desk phone, but it was even older than I would have ever seen. It was like a Bakelite phone, like a ding-a-ling-a-ling phone, like a ding-a-ling phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughter picked it up, and it was a dial phone, a rotary phone. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Do you know how those work?" And she said, "Yes." <laughs> and she put her she put her finger in it, and she said, "You put your finger in here, and you move it to the number that you want to call." So I want to call, for instance, I want to call the letter C, mm-hmm. and she moved it up to the letter C. And then went tick, 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 and she was like, "Ta-da!" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, yeah, that's, that's not copy. not too far off. You're close."
1: Yeah, we found a we found um, mixed in with all of our mini stickers books um, was a copy of a zine uh, that I used to like, which is a zine. Um, about Big Star called Back of a Car. And she's like, what is this comic? And I was like, it's not it's not a comic. It's a zine. It's like a magazine, but little. And it's and it had a flexi disc. It still had the flexi disc like stapled inside oh, of it. And oh, I felt wow. like a million
0: years old. Oh my God. Well um, so so but when we first met, yeah. I you felt that I was a little bit younger than you because there were musical cues that you that that could differentiate a year and a half in age. It's still, but you know
1: what? The same way with your kids. Like your your daughter, surely has friends, has had friends through her life that are just like you know those kind of like maybe you don't see them every week, but it's your ongoing. Oh, that was your that was your really good friend when you were a baby, and they're like, what are you talking about? Like, there's a friend. There's might be a friend who's like a year older, and she almost certainly probably at this point has friends who are like a year younger, and that year, for obvious reasons, matters less and less, mostly as you get older. Right. And and in that case like, you know, it's like again the Mr. Show bit. Like I'm into Star Wars, and you're into that a- Empire Strikes Back bullshit. You know, it's like these these incredibly uh, small differences become less and less important. But like when we met, oh shit, dog. Joe, uh Joe from from uh, the label uh had a tooth the other day. Part um what is it um the thermals, is it? More parts per mm. million? Is mm-hmm. f- f- 15 years old I know. and i remember when that came out and it's like oh yeah like eric knows those guys and it's like it was a big deal like oh this this is this really cool record and that was 15 years ago yeah doesn't that doesn't that seem insane
0: well especially since i still think of the thermals as like, like youngsters kids the like kids the little the punk gang. rock
1: guys in the shirts yeah 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 but um so but like when we met like i at that point was you and i were branched in slightly different directions in terms of like what we knew a lot about or were real mm-hmm. into and that was certainly deep in my sloan phase and a lot of like you know the canadian rock and stuff at that point and you were very very up to date on like what was happening on the charts and in the pnw and all that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. I, I don't remember talking a ton when we talked about old music it would be like you me and sean talking about like very old music mostly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I mean like in our lifetime, but that was a long time ago.
0: But you were really, you, you, uh, you really took us in hand and, and like uh, actually literally sat us down, like come in here, sit down and began to show us things we hadn't seen. Um, famously electronic stuff. Uh, yeah. Like, um, here's what, here's what, here's what an internet forum is. That Here's kind of thing. an internet forum, but also uh, like you showed us the Office for the first time, the British, mm. office, which oh, none of yeah. us had seen or heard of uh, when that was still contemporary. Um, you you were the first person who had a DVR mm-hmm. that any of us had. Never. Oh, we had that clip of
1: Jeff Bridges that we watch over yeah, the, and over. Uh, uh, I like, uh, I have, uh, like line, line readings.
0: <laughs> line readings. And still I wish it. I
1: still had that. We'd watch it over and over. Oh, my over God. And,
0: and it would, and, and this was before there was, like, GIFs or any kind of internet. So like, we'd just keep rewinding cat- the TiVo yeah. <laughs> over and over. Yeah, this TiVo, and you were like, I saved this, like, 11 seconds. There's this uh, one
1: time when I turned the channel and accidentally caught Jeff Bridges being seemingly pretty high on Charlie Rose, and it was really, really funny. And we would watch it over and over and over. But i like so, uh, uh, line readings
0: <laughs> and the, and, and I, mean, can't, I, I can i uh, can never find it now i don't know i wouldn't even know where to look for it it was so it was so it felt so contemporary mm-hmm. because it was it, it was a technology that none of us possessed like so wait a minute wait a minute explain this again you were you were changing channels you can just go watch any seinfeld now <laughs> Yeah, right. And and this came on, and it was recording somehow, and you were able to go back, and, and you were like, yeah, it's recording everything all the time. You can watch whatever you want whenever. <laughs> it was like, recording everything all the time? How does it do it? Where does it keep the tapes? <laughs> Turning it over, looking around. Are there elves in here? How does this work? Yeah, right. Where are the
1: tubes? And that felt so, in that case, that's funny. <gasps> okay, I, I haven't thought that much about that. I do have many fond recollections of, of your band and me sitting around in our underwear while my wife went to work and us watching TV.
0: Well there was a lot of that but also I mean when I, when I first when you and I first met and I uh, and this is obviously like a story drenched in moss but you still had a PC running mm-hmm. in your office. Yep. But you had begun to evangelize about Macintosh. I well just to clarify I
1: I Macs have been my computer since 1987 and I've owned one since 88 it's just that for that there was a period where i had two computers one of which was a very old like 386 pc that i just used for development and listening to streaming music that was like pretty much all but it was it was on like a big board on like a big piece of plywood in my office
0: but it was the first time that somebody it was in that what was this that we were talking about 2003 probably yeah or two when you and i first met we were on tour with Ken Stringfellow. It was after was two, was the eight. first record and before the second record. Because the second yeah.
1: record was what, you know, that was that was kind of when we became really I think better friends and like when we did the website and everything.
0: But two thousand two was when when we met for sure. Is that right? because, yeah, because the Stringfellow we were Tour. Out with Stringfellow on his touched tour. Oh, that's such a good record. It is a good record. It it pains me to say.
1: Oh, that, that song, Uniforms. Oh, my God. It's so good. But it was an era where... That came out in... It, so- oh, my God. Do you know mm-hmm. the day that it came out? I'll give you a mm-hmm. hint. Same day, a very good Jay-Z record came out that got a little overlooked for a while. Holy shit. Oh, it came out on September 11th. 9-11,
0: 2001. Wow, that's right. I do remember that. Holy shit. And that's the reason that we didn't tour it until a little bit later. Because it was like, well, you can't really go on tour now, partner.
1: to, yeah. too soon.
0: Um... But it was, but you had started talking about Macintoshes in a way, in a different way, where it was no longer because you remember the question was always. You know,
1: Max, were my gun?
0: Let's be honest. Yeah, but the question up until that point, culturally, had always been, well, sure, get a Macintosh if you want to not be compatible with anything. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> like if you're, if you, it's great if you want to live inside of a small little corral. Where <laughs> you want to pay three times as much to do fucking nothing. Yeah, but if you want to be, you know, if you want to be part of the world, if you want to integrate and use yeah. email and Gotta stuff, you're to get a have computer. Have, <laughs> yeah, get a real computer. And and I think that was right at the turning point where it was like, no, Macintoshes are real computers. And uh, and because I I agon not agonized because I had a Mac Classic in 1988. Uh, that, you know, had Mac paint and I remember recording my voice into it mm-hmm. and being astonished that it played my voice back out of it. Like, whoa, computers have really taken yeah, a straight big out of leap. the box.
1: Max handled, you know, if you knew how to do it, it, would handle audio stuff. You didn't need to buy another board for it or anything like that.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, I did not know how to do it. So I, I was I have I actually still have a recording I made in 1990 where my girlfriend Kate at the time was sitting on my lap at my computer and we were both sitting there basically being amazed by it and we recorded this clip you know a pretty brief little clip of her because <laughs> it would fill up your entire hard drive <laughs> up the, the whole computer but she's la- like giggle laughing because i'm tickling her and it's just like and you know, and when we broke up, I listened to it oh, one hundred thousand times. Oh no! You know, tears streaming down my face, thinking back. Oh, those short weeks ago, to when life was so easy and everything made sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and I, the things change. I, they change so quickly. Oh, they really do, especially mm-hmm. when you're young. Okay. The reason I have that is that at a at a, sometime in the two thousands. Or early two thousands, probably about this same time that we're talking about two thousand two, the Stranger here, the Seattle newspaper, um, still was running somewhere in the office a computer that old that could use those hard um, floppy disks, hard floppy disks, mm-hmm. and Sean Nelson said, "Hey, do you have anything stuck on an old computer? Because if you do," this would be the time to transfer it into a new format because we're going to unplug this old thing. And that will probably be the last time any one of these things is hooked to anything else. And I said, I do have some stuff. (laughs) And I went and got this big box of those little discs and sat at the stranger and transferred all that stuff into, you know, made the, made the transition into whatever the new format was at the time and the computer was like, do you want us to reformat this? And I was like, yes. Oh, God. And so I still have all that stuff from, from, uh, 1994 because, because of that, that small little gesture making the transition. But you, you were the one I think that said to me, don't be afraid to buy Apple products. You're not going to be on the wrong side of history. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and I, you know, I, I was like, wow, they're really expensive, and I mean, they're super pretty, but like, what if you want to like hook it to something? I think I, I could be. Uh,
1: you say, as you say, there's <laughs> this is all drenched in moss. But my, my, my running deal for a long time was that I, I cannot, unless you're really ready for the journey, I cannot recommend buying Mac stuff. But what I would offer all along, which, which I did for too much, too long for too many people, was I will be your Sherpa and your Rabbi to the extent possible. When mm-hmm. when it's weird or when you don't understand something, i will help you set it up and that kind of stuff. So 2002, 2003 would be right around the period when I was very first feeling more confident in saying, I, I didn't have to put as many asterisks on the first part where I was right. like, this is, you know, this is getting better. This is not as weird. There's stuff out there it, for, for given, you know, knowing the context and what somebody needed to do, I could feel more confident about saying, you're not going to feel like uh like an idiot for
0: having bought this. Plus I will help you with it. You know, as much as I can. Yeah. And you did, you were very helpful, but, and I was, I was afraid the first time that, it's a lot that, of
1: money. It's a lot of money to invest, and you feel like you're going to be a sucker,
0: like you're like you're getting into some kind of like for, like now with
1: Internet of Things stuff, right? Like you don't want to go all in, and spend a thousand dollars on something that's going to be
0: EOL'd in like a year. Like you just don't want to feel like a sucker. Well, but also it seems like the Internet of Things you don't want to do at all. Am yeah. I am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, save it for the show. There's there's a <laughs> <there's>, um, <laughs> you wanna you wanna you know be careful where you step. Hmm. I do not want my thermostat looking at my bare bottom when I go to the bathroom. You
1: do not prefer it, no. <laughs> you you choose who looks at your bare bottom. That's you. That's John's I, decision.
0: I do sign on to my Patreon and go to the top level. You'll see my go to bare the top bottom. Top level, You're It's called a gonna... call it stretch goal. Reach around. <laughs> you are not going to see it just because I put a new lock on my door that I gave Amazon the key it's to. Just fucking any snork at your ass.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 I love the idea of you as a cam girl. <laughs> You know, I wonder about that a lot. What uh, by, by which I mean, there's an audience for everything. Yeah, and I've I've considered there have been a couple of times when I was like, what if I just went? What if I just had a YouTube where I just read things aloud? Mm-hmm. What if I just went there and just people read would love the that. It'd be like ASMR. People would love it. Yeah, that just it's just like somebody reading to them who knows how to read and who likes to read. Mm -hmm. allowed Mm -hmm. um i figured i could go on and read all my old seattle weekly articles aloud Mm. really slowly like here's the thing Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know but but i would have to create enough there'd have to be enough stuff that it would be a channel rather than just like here's 15 episodes of a thing i'd be nice if it had something something thematic to it right themes themes Like, what would be a good theme Right. Like i i could read i could read aloud all the um like BDSM literature. That's a good idea. Or like the way you did with uh, "Worst You Can Do Is Harm," but the um,
1: oh.
0: the correspondence
1: you chose to include with that wonderful booklet. Right, John. You are such a
0: bullshit artist. Yes, read all, <laughs> read every angry letter I ever got from anybody back when people wrote angry letters. Those were so great. <laughs> you don't get that to these millenniums now. You go and listen to Spotify. You're not going to get to see John's angry correspondence incoming. You know, I got a, I There was something on Facebook the other day from someone of my generation saying, "Do people listen to albums anymore?" But a lot of the people that replied, who are music business people, they they there was all this love for the EP, which. You know, uh, labels... That sounds very, very uh,
1: like a retcon. bought it? Buy, you buy EP, well, you bought EP because you were a super fan and wanted this one track, or because you were cheap. EPs right. were never the preferred way to get it. It's just, I bought stuff on EP, well, I eventually got stuff on EP because, like, you would have this rare version of Behind the Wall of Sleep that was live. But, like, I, I'd rather have, you know,
0: the uh, the original, you know, LP. Well, unlike an idiot, we didn't put Commander Thinks Aloud on an LP. Only put it on an EP, Uh, but no, they were saying digital EPs. Like Mm. you know, like (laughs) what does that even mean? Any more, don't release ten songs.
1: Oh, it's a very iTunesy thing. Like when you go into iTunes and you see, like, they might be giants. Obviously, have done this. A lot of bands have done this. Queen have done this. There's all these bands where they're like, oh my god, what are all these things? It's just single, 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 EP, EP, EP. It must have something to do with the way that things are calculated or distributed. EP, 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 EP.
0: Well, but I, like, when I discovered, I discovered a new band a little bit ago, and I found four of their tunes, like, I listened to a tune, I liked it, I listened to another tune, full of apprehension, Please Don't Let Me Hate Their Second Song, I liked it too. This is, you know, where you're like, oh shit, the hook is in, and I listened to a third song, really crossing my fingers, like, please don't let them only have two good songs, and I liked the third song. And by the time I got to the fourth song that I liked, I said, enough. It was like blackjack. Mm. It was like, I'm going to hold. Mm-hmm. Because it can't, they cannot possibly take this winning streak all the way out to five. And I got four of them. So, like, leave me be with these. Four is enough to listen to on repeat. Is it a band I know? Uh... Car, seat, car Seat Headrest. Car seat headrest. Uh, uh, artwork by elephants. Oh. <laughs> That's um, an actual band from Seattle that I like now. <laughs> I um, uh, but the uh, but what what it struck me as was like, oh shit, this is an EP. I just self EP'd this band. Mm. Oh, interesting. Like four tunes is kind of a good a band good, can pull out four good tunes. Right. I mean, if if all in excess had ever done throughout their whole career was just put uh, out four songs every year and a half. Uh-huh. Um Bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> Bow, now, now, now. I ask you what you know is
1: true. When this eventually becomes an ebook, there will be a compilation of all the things we just choose to disagree on. <laughs> yes, no, they had some good stuff. They had that, uh, that uh, Dream, dream on White Girl, Black Girl song. I like that song.
0: Are you saying that you do not think that in excess had any good songs? No, 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 I, I think Shibushi Ball had some really good stuff
1: on it, and you're mm-hmm. right their EPs, like they had that weird period like before they got super duper popular like that period before soup and salad bar like okay. when they they had some really good they had some really good singles for sure. Good singles. That's I just, what I'm I saying. I just, I think I kind of got a
0: little fatigued on there. Bam, bam. Period. Oh yeah, from kick on. Yeah, I, I, I can't listen to it. But like that early '80s stuff. They I like, like. I think the one thing is really good. It's a really good song. Yeah, let me a look. Um, you know, they were they were up there with you too in terms of like who was good in 1981. Yeah. Um, and i, I do I'll follow them. All the way to the first uh, uh, album, uh, like a like a listen like thieves listen like thieves mm-hmm. I will follow them that far um what was soup not, and salad bar that was not any farther
1: suicide blonde was
0: how late was that nineteen ninety yeah see, Jiminy Christmas it's late it's late soup and salad bar. So Kick, when I was in college, Kick was popular, and I felt like that was their um, pour some sugar on me. Like they had uh. they had jumped the shark. But up until then, Listen Like Thieves had, had that song um, that was very pop that I think most normal people did not want to hear. But I did, which was, Watch you need, give me watch eat, need, a whop that's peak
1: for me. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Oh, this yeah. time. It had this yeah. time. It had What You It'll Need.
0: Last time. This time is a very good song. You know, I like this. Well, this is what I'm saying. So here we go. Yeah. There's two really good songs on, on Listen Like Thieves. And I do not count Listen Like Thieves, the song, mm-hmm. as one wants two. But thieves. What You Need in This Time, super good. Mm-hmm. Two songs. And then you go back to The Swing, the record before that. And you're looking like you're looking at um, you got original sin, yeah. Burn for you. I'm not. I no, not as okay, so,
1: familiar. I think that was uh, that was my bye year. Yeah, only one good song on that. Shibu came out in that crazy fucking summer, summer 82. of '82. There was so much good
0: new wave. And this has got... Oh, that yeah, don't, don't, don't Change! Don't Change is a good song! It's a really good song. Oh, so yes. there it is, right there. Two yeah, great right. songs on that record. You don't have to look at anything else. Yeah. Um, and that dachshund on the cover. Uh, underneath the colors, let's hope that this continues my theory. No, it doesn't. It just has that one song, Stay Young, which I don't remember. What's their EP I'm thinking of? And then their first record definitely had... Where was uh, White Boy Black Girl? That's the
1: one. That was an EP, I think. That's the Dream on White Boy Black Girl song. I think that's EP.
0: I think that's an EP. Let me look.
1: Uh, Countdown Awards, Grammy Awards. Okay.
0: It might be a thing that has a name that we just glanced over that we don't remember. Though I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Box sets, extended plays.
1: I uh, could be wrong. Decadance. Derp Derp Derp? Decadance. Is it original sin? Is that the song? No, that's not it, is it? Maybe. Original Sin. Alright, go on to YouTube. I'll cut all this out.
0: Yeah. No, I won't. Original. Oh, but also I will go as far as saying that Never Tear Us Apart is a good song. That's mm-hmm. the one song on kick that I that I'll allow. You just overdid it with the bat band. band. Okay, original sin. I mean, it's you know, it's like orc pop, but I'm I'm one hundred percent down with orc pop. Mm. I should have been an orc popper. What would that mean?
1: Orchestral pop. Oh, oh, oh. Now, now, what about what about a Tears for Fears? Where do you stand with Tears for Fears today? Well, you know, Tears for Fears was. They've one got of a those lot parents. of directions
0: back and forth in the, in the public eye. I feel like you and I have talked about them before. Probably. at the time i was very opposed to tears for fears because of the over emotive faces
1: they were like echo and the bunny man 2.0 for me
0: where like i incorrectly
1: lumped them in so in my head echo and the bunny man was like almost like a goth band which couldn't be well not further from the truth but like they were a really good guitar pop band like mm-hmm. who wrote fantastic songs and that was bad on me for lumping them in with like what i thought was like silly rock and i think yeah, I, I I think Tears for Fears has mostly aged pretty well, and they're still really, well.
0: really, really good singers. I you know their songs was, it, are really good. It was our good friend Mike Squires, friend mm-hmm. of the program, Mike friend Squires, of the program. Uh, who's a metalhead who turned me back around on Tears for Fears, and he was like, "Hey man, you got to get on the right side of Tears for Fears because." They're great. <laughs> Got to was get your like, mind right. <laughs> I said I don't have to get on the right side of anything, and he was like, "No, no, no! Seriously, this is a really great record." Uh-huh. And he, uh, again, one of these situations, somebody sat me down, like you sat me down in front of the office. He sat me down in front of uh, that uh, uh, the tears for the tears is for fearses, uh-huh. uh-huh. and. Um, and it was absolutely true. It's like George Michael says, listen without prejudice.
1: You yeah. go back and listen to these outside of that context, maybe not watching the music videos. That's it. You know? Cause that's I not do that not want to see that music video. But like Sowing the Seeds of Love, it's kind of a silly song. But like I still think that's a really generally good psych pop song. But you remember, you
0: remember the power... Um, you know the that the power that a music video had at the time huge. to so huge. make or break how you felt about a thing. And famous. Do you think the cars would have gotten as big as they got without the videos on Heartbeat City? I mean the cars were s- those songs are so great. But Rico Kasich and those his face and those crazy videos yeah. and pa- Paulina Partsakova. Yes. Um that Super, was all, supermodel. That was all s- very, very like it was so graphic. And I mean, even then bands were putting out videos where it was just like a camcorder. Um, and some like after after effects. Well, that's why those records, especially remember when the video for
1: magic came out and he was like, walking on water in the pool. And it was like, Oh my God, like, this is going to win all of the MTV, like special achievement awards. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't their finest work, but like it's, they're good pop songs. They have a little bit of the synchronicity problem. Synchronicity, another one that goes on the list. I believe. Isn't that another one we agree to disagree? Uh, I'm pro synchronicity. Okay.
0: Yeah. Put on I a list. I know that Put on I know that you I know that you have feelings about it. Coast in the machine, baby. <laughs> um, I mean post synchronicity, you know, what is there? There's oh, Yeah, else. even Russians Russians love their <laughs> children too. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> What but rhymes with rhyming dictionary? Famously Billy Squire came out with that music video where he yes. was dancing in a dun, in a room dun, dun, dun. Rock Me Tonight. In a, in a uh, in a pink tank top. That was that th- was the,
1: the the room of its time. That 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 is a very difficult video to watch today.
0: Yeah, well, and it, and it, and his record sales went away. Yeah, uh, apparently because of the video. But a lot of that stuff, like the first time that you saw Sting in Dream of the Blue Turtles do that weird dance with his Stratocaster, mm-hmm. I never wanted to. I wouldn't. I didn't want to ever see Sting again. I didn't want to see him. Right. Because it was such a weird dance. And I think Tears for Fears had a lot of that like just the way they're the way they composed their faces while they sang it just was so emo yeah. that i was like i don't want to watch you guys you're, you're like grossing me out with your emo <laughs> it's um, it's unseemly it's unseemly but, then, to- but that that was a, that was a kind
1: of of like a strat dance that i think uh like ben from uh, death cab kind of refined into making his own thing he ha- he has a special guitar dance that i think is very effective he does. And he does, he does he, a hip, a hip, a rhythmic, not in a sexy way, but a rhythmic mm. hip thrusting thing. He's definitely shaking. And when I saw them in 1999, I thought it was just terrific.
0: There there was a, uh, uh, there, there's a famous moment indelibly burned into my head um, of us on tour with Death Cab in whew, 98. Is it with the Hurricanes? Western, Western uh, State, State, State Hurricanes. Hurricane. And... We're in Arizona. We're at a show in, um, you know, like at, at some strip mall in Phoenix. And Death Cab's on stage. And it's not a stage, right? It's like a um, cement floor. <laughs> more, more with of some, a dais. <laughs> yeah, where they took the PA and they turned it, or they took the, um, they took like your practice PA, but they turned it around to the audience. And we're we're there watching them play. And their merch guy, a guy named... Little Rob, uh, everybody just called him Little Rob, L-I-L. He starts to do the Ben Gibbard guitar dance. And, you know, we're, we're in view of the stage, and he's just perfectly, he's not even looking at the stage. He's got his back to them. But he's just perfectly doing that, that, thing that you're describing that, like <laughs> shuffle swing
1: thing. That I ben think of it as like, he's bent slightly back and his shoulders are moving in complement with the way that his hips are moving with a very wide open posture.
0: Mm-hmm. And the guitar is a component of it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like Elvis. If you left all the hangers in this, in his suits.
1: <laughs> yeah, that works for uh, me.
0: Uh-huh. And, and, uh, and it's just like, uh, we all from that point on, we all tried to perfect uh, after seeing Lil Rob do such a great job of it, we all tried to perfect our ben Gibbard dance and uh i think there's i think i'll uh, i 'll hop into it once or twice during a set just it just as a little homage or the tip of the hat mm-hmm. um to the little kind of like one two one two mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I think that the the music video for Flock of Seagulls the the first two videos they mm-hmm. caused such a sensation because of that guy's hair yeah that it
1: he's remembered for having the swoopy hair from the second video but in the first one oh god there's a phrase I can't use anymore um, more art school hair mm-hmm. one would mm-hmm. say and and it, he had that the meet me at McDonald's kind of haircut he's got like the he's got the swirly kind of up on top and then you got the camera with the garbage bag a lot of garbage bags in that video.
0: Well, that was a that was an easy uh, special effect to use. Uh, gar- <laughs> Girls in bags. garbage bags. Girls in garbage bags, and then you you take a couple of box fans <laughs> and you turn them on.
1: <laughs> but the thing is, like that means. Music- <laughs> and he did the thing. Remember the famous thing? Also, was the way he would. You can't see me doing this. He's holding down like a like a, like a probably an A with one finger, one and then he uses the other finger, goes way up in the air, up and it the comes down air. to the G. <Boom>.
0: the next next key but they're a band that had three great tunes oh yeah Space Age Love Song is a legitimately good song but they're like not in that they're not thought of in that serious rank of 80s you know they're those, those songs are as good as any gary newman tune
1: oh but, i see I, yeah yeah i get what you're saying yeah 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 where like there was this this rat king of like especially english like new wave bands and new romantic bands and like some of them
0: are much it's much cooler to still like this band than that band i mean it's hard i mean you know soft Cell was serious um but culture club was not and right. it's a and it has a lot to do with hairstyle uh, that i think now maybe even now with the proliferation ultimate proliferation of images that we have i think you would be less influenced by how a band looked than we were in 1983 watching those music videos and you to you how also you can't said.
1: discount something that is a third rail but should be discussed uh, at least living in Florida, I am not proud of this by a long shot, but there was also a lot of consideration about i don't know how to use this word whether they seemed gay, and mm-hmm. I don 't mean that they they liked people of the same gender sexually. I just meant they're, they're people like the people who were listening to Leonard Skinnerd would see that you were into Mark Almond and that seemed kind of gay. And I think I think that had a huge effect in a lot of ways, even with like Duran Duran, like you'd go like, oh, these guys are so fruity. And that was you'd feel like a little at least I felt like a little twinge of like, oh, I don't know if it's okay to be into this band because
0: they're not tough and cool. Which is weird considering that Bon Jovi, you know, like there's an awful lot of signaling in Bon Jovi that is directed at. You know, it's like the the transition that bands made to, because, I mean, even Van Halen. Oh, absolutely. In the mid-70s, you know, there's that famous story where Van Halen played, like, Big Day Out in Texas, where all the other bands were Molly Hatchet and ZZ Top, and it was... um, They
1: probably seemed, everybody but Mike, probably seemed very androgynous for the time.
0: Well, it freaked them out. The people, the folks in Texas, who were just like, "We're at a rock and roll concert," and it was right. just like everybody right, right, else right. was in denim and cowboy boots. Right. And out comes Van Halen, just like, Wah! "Yeah, and, and <laughs> oh <laughs> but like with big, big teased out hair. Yeah, 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 and yeah. It, and it, you know, it it's really, very,
1: very like up. unapologetically California, at, at the very least.
0: But I do think there was also, I mean, music was so. Um, Uh, it was so siloed. The difference between a band that was for girls and for boys was really big for me. Like, uh, I had a really hard, this is one of the things, uh, one of the reasons that I never got into the Smiths was I just felt like the Smiths was my sister's band and that style of singing and that style of looking and that style of being was pandering to girls and it wasn't serious. It wasn't like serious minded because it was so transparent to me that it was meant to make teenage girls cry. And I could, I I was just not in, and it it might've been a hundred percent different if I had known one person who said, "Uh, this is really serious music. But as it was, it was just like, it just felt it felt uh, like the Smiths were pandering. Were like a were an extension of Duran Duran, right? Or like than, you think think about like Paul Young would be one. You already named I, Culture no. Club, I, Paul Young.
1: But yeah, no, Paul Young had some really some some pretty uh, like what was the song? Why don't you come back? Right. like he had some really good pop songs, and he did that that I, weird uh, Joy great. Division cover, but. Mm-hmm. You're right. There were there were ones that felt like there were bands for boys and bo- bands for girls, right? You know, like sure. <laughs> Steely Dan being an extreme example, maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I, I yeah, I totally agree. But like now when you look back, like there do seem to be these bands that like in retrospect, I, I think a huge one that nobody talks about much is like Scritti Politti. But there are these bands that age surprisingly well. That like at the time you might have thought oh this is pretty pretty light light pop but you know it does stand up. We talked about this once before. Was it here on another show where I made this playlist of like I'll put it in. Well we don't have shoutouts for the show I'll put it in anyway. But a list of like new wave that still stands up in my opinion like where the songs have good bones or where they were doing something that was new and substantial. Like I think there's there's still so much stuff from that area. But you're right that the gender stuff and the sexual politics stuff was was giant. I mean.
0: But like you're not going to be into Tom
1: you could not be a straight guy in Florida who was really into Tom Robinson Band publicly. Like that was not going to happen.
0: Haircut 100 is an example of a band that was really very 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 uh put together. It's that a lot going on. Like good Fashion stuff was. going on. Totally. But like a but but uh, there were a million reasons why you would look at that and say that's a band for girls. Absolutely. But in fact, it was like a there were even then, like, I was really into the song. So, you know, there was always, it was always like a, you could go either way. And I think I always, even when Flock of Seagulls was the most reviled, mm-hmm. I could not get away from the power of their hooks. I always they were, was They were doing, fan. I mean, they were doing what they intended to do. Very well.
1: You know, here's another one. I this is gonna sound I don't know. I'm not sure what the critical reputation at this point is. This is as much owing to Trevor Horn as anybody. But go back and listen to the title song from The Look of Love by ABC. That's the look, that's the look. The look of love. Oh, boy, that is a such a very finely crafted and executed pop song. It's but, it's got parts, it's got hooks and hooks and more hooks. It's it's just it's it's such a beautiful, I don't want to say a masterpiece, but it's
0: such a piece of work as a pop song. I know it. I know it's probably true, but I could. ABC was in my list of no thank yous. Right, right, right. right. Over there with Men Without Hats.
1: <laughs> oh wow!
0: I didn't want either thing in it. <laughs> really? And, and it didn't matter how much you you said, like ABC, they're amazing, because I knew they were even then. You could tell that they were like dynamite. Yeah. But I could tell not. Me, tell a- me,
1: how to be oh. a millionaire. Oh, thank you. What about Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Another Trevor Horn joint. Loved Frankie Goes to Hollywood. <laughs> now, come be- on. I am not getting this because that was just a little bit later. That was like, what, 84, 85?
0: Well, no, because Frankie had so much attitude. Mm, they said relax. It, and it felt like watching them, at least, felt like. Uh, like a gang, like Adam and the Ants, right? Where Frankie and Frankie and they seem dangerous. They, they yeah, they were dangerous. like prowling the neighborhood, but they were also like super unapologetically gay and openly gay in a way that was that, aggressively like, gay. That took uh, that that was like headline grabbing, mm-hmm. and it just felt like yeah, fuck you. That's right, goddamn right. And I just felt like their tunes were, were, I mean, it's hard to say
1: they were i mean the truth is like again Trevor Horn like the stuff that that guy has done for for bands is you know in that case i mean nothing against the Frankie Goes to Hollywood band they, they were very interesting and they had a great look but like their songs were not particularly substantial but like they, gr- say, like they had a they had a great songs. sound
0: they had a great sound and, they, and that's exactly that, that's right the sound was great like the way that um the way that their big hit Kind of trails off at the end where the last thing you hear is like, sounds of files and a sound of of miles.
1: Like, the song just like (laughs) Like Two Tribes. I'm not sure Two Tribes necessarily hangs together as a great political statement, but like, it was so
0: big. It was so big. Right. If you sat down and tried to play it on the acoustic guitar, I don't
1: know wait i had another one i had another one um okay so but, you know i actually bought fears. the
0: seven inch of animotions obsession uh, obsession <laughs> i bought the seven inch and everything about it like at that point in my life there is no way i should have bought the seven inch of that record because i i hated that music video they're freaky they're i mean they're like there's yeah. something wrong it's camp, the it was eye. campy pretty campy but but even the way they're looking at you at the camera it's just like no, no, no 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 don't invite those people into your house but the but the tune, I just really liked it, and I couldn't I couldn't explain it. I wouldn't defend it. It's very would have told, very catchy. Yeah, I never would have told a friend that I had it. What about uh, Berlin? Pleasure
1: pre uh, pre pre Top Gun, uh, pleasure victim era um, Berlin. One of the great bands. They had that EP, I think it was an EP with the Sex I'm a uh song on it, and then they had Pleasure Victim. I think "Masquerade" is a very good song. I think I think that is for its time that was some very
0: strong music. It's super strong, and the thing about it is that whole record. Um, I'm talking about when this is this is way way not. We're not talking about the the Top Gun version of Berlin. Um, yeah, that that still seems like it feels like years after I stopped listening to Berlin. But I guess it was like a year after I was really into Berlin but that the their record um Love Life which came out in 84 but which 84. I didn't really get into until 87 even um that record and and it's the one that has no more words Oh on it. that's a good song uh, but the whole record is good. Hmm. It's just. Um,
1: oh, Dancing in Berlin. That's a good song.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, go, yeah.
1: It's just like a major. It's four years. Wait. So it's two years after Pleasure Effect. Pleasure, was 1982, dude. I know. So <gasps> Oh, the Metro. Oh, my God. I remember hating you for loving me that was, that was as influential on me as
0: cars by Gary Newman I mean they oh, were yeah both, well,
1: for me for me, Adam and the ants, these like just unabashedly melodramatic songs I just i I, I, I ate them with a spoon.
0: they sounded like the future absolutely that that you know because what was happening in metal at that time was was that everybody had gone to pentatonic or everybody had gone mm-hmm. to this idea this like this um dead end idea that That what metal was going to be was classical music, the classical music of art. Well, the
1: new the new wave stuff was definitely on point, but it was it was consolidating into something very very tight and not particularly weird. But it was it was getting. I mean, like I I mean, what do you say about Iron Maiden from that time? Like this stuff was amazing. It was
0: amazing, but it didn't feel like the future, Mm -mm. right? It felt like felt like like a height of what had happened before. But ways. also like it was it was still connected to Dungeons and Dragons. It felt like mm-hmm. like uh like R music. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: yeah, same probably same for Judas Priest maybe.
0: Yeah, I think so. It's just like leather and studs and like, you know, this is music about dragons and the hell <laughs> the hellion. <laughs> Uh, whereas, and, and a lot of new wave just felt like, oh, this is just pop music with keyboards, but some tunes, and I feel like Flock of Seagulls in Berlin fall into this category, captured the feeling of the future where, where it felt yeah. cold there. Th- That's, that's, that's where
1: Gary Newman kind of takes the cake.
0: Yeah. It just feels like, oh shit, that, you know, like the future is scary. It's scary because it doesn't feel, um, like there, it doesn't feel like there are any blankets there. Mm-hmm. And, and I, um, and it's not just the music videos. Like it's in the music. I yeah, still... the, the, the dissonant, like squeaky, uh, they were very dissonant
1: squeaky keyboards at that time could sometimes be very, very upsetting, but like they had a, they had a very strong
0: effect on me. And the, yeah. And there, and the idea, I think that got into my head forever that there should be a, a note droning somewhere. Which is actually something thrown back to the blues, you know, like, like it's it's Appalachian to have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But also, but I
1: mean, like there's some I'm trying to think of bands. You take a song like I want to say Masquerade. But the riffs would be very dissonant and yet incredibly catchy a lot of the time. Or Mm -hmm. something like in, like with Gary Newman, you take something like Cars, or even earlier, you take Down in the Park, you take a Two Boy Army song. song. And like, there's the the, the Two Boy Army was menacing. Like, they, 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 you talk about the future without blankets title. That's, that stuff just feels like, oh my God, there's this post craft work future we're going to live in where everything's just going to be metal walls. It's just had such a feeling to it of like, this is, this is not something we've experienced before.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna be alone, and no one's ever gonna smile. And if you and if you say, you know, if you say the wrong words, like everyone's head is gonna turn. Yeah. Um. <sighs> I sure, like music. And you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of a uh, mascara on. I was gonna say, like, like what do we do? We run out is. of mascara. There, I don't think you can ever run out of mascara. It was not cool at all to
1: like Adam. Well, see, I, always still, I still call him Adam and the Ants. To like Adam and the Ants, when I liked Adam and the Ants, was extremely not cool in, central, right. in central Florida. Well, even up into... then, In some ways, it was even more embarrassing when Friend or Foe got popular. Because I was into Kings of the Wild Frontier and Prince Charming. We're like, phew, Stand and Deliver was my favorite song for probably five years.
0: It's a great tune. It's
1: such a good song. And they had two drummers, and they dressed like pirates, and, like, what are they doing with all that makeup? And then Friend or Foe, I mean, it really was kind of like Tiger Beat material in some ways. It was still a very good song with a great band, but, like, then it was even more embarrassing, because it's like, oh, like, I knew you liked this obscure English band, but now I really understand what this band is, and ew.
0: Like, this is, I, this is not very Molly Hatchett. I feel like the, I feel like it's another example of, like, Adam Ant had so much attitude toward the camera, mm-hmm. like he was very, he was very beautiful, very but also yeah. just right in your face with it. And i I could never give, I I could, I could never hate that. Like even it, even in the the darkest time of like, if it's not metal, it's not music. At his <laughs> like pure swagger. And that was what I—that was why I didn't like simply red. Why I didn't like um, Tears for Fears was that they there wasn't swagger. It looked like they were, you know, they were trying to seem deep, and I didn't respond to that as uh-huh. much as I did like, here I am, like take it, here I come. <laughs> and and why why I could never ever ever hate on George Michael, even at the even when you didn't hate Wham- on him just a little bit. Even when Wham was ludicrous,
1: the I, the raps the Wham rap song, you think that was a little silly at the time.
0: I mean, it's not like I was listening to those records, but I didn't, I didn't look at George Michael and have contempt for him. You weren't, it was, aff- you weren't offended. I was well, no, well, no, I I felt like, yeah, there it is, like he's he's owning he's owning that space, and that and that was a, I think there was a lot. I mean, I don't like Frank Zappa at all, but I love hmm. Frank Zappa. Oh yeah you know the um the idea of Frank Zappa is very strong the idea of Frank Zappa uh, the the smell of Frank Zappa <laughs> <laughs> the scent of Zappa <laughs> is something i don't want to consider hmm. right i don't because i my sense is that that uh, frank had a lot of sex mm-hmm. uh and that it was uh, and and potentially even largely monogamous but he was not somebody who was going to go like shower before oh i see what you're saying i think about that sometimes i think about smells yeah yeah i'm sensitive to smells you know i've got a rash no because i spent some time in hot tubs recently mm.
1: oh no no no
0: no 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 that's that's human soup and i don't i i don't it's a perfect hot breeding tubs. ground for that kind of thing i like a hot bath mm-hmm. i like a even a swimming pool but a hot tub i always come out of there with hives Ew. is it on your bottom parts uh, it's just in the parts that would touch uh, touch the water of okay. a hot tub. Oh, okay. And it's just, uh, it's uncomfortable, and it makes me feel like it's one of the things that separates me from the nineteen seventies. Hmm. I feel like water beds. I was into. I would be into them again if they were if it if it seemed reasonable to have one. Mm-hmm. But a hot tub, mm. I don't know whether it's the. Whether it's the other people or the chemicals they put in them to keep the the other people from creating um, like polywogs, Mm -hmm.
1: but John, I think even in the best of conditions, it's a lot of work keeping one of those things clean. I mean, even if you're even if you're really riding that hard, even if you like maybe have some, you've hired some help for it. I I think that's going to be a lot of work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I, so I was in a hot tub in one place, and then I went to another place, and they had hot tubs there too. And I was like, all right, <clears throat> I'm Mr. Hot Tub, I guess. <laughs> and after the first hot tub experience, I was like, ah, I feel a little itchy. Yeah,
1: boy, a rash is really—it's like it's like a, just a droning existential hum. You really cannot forget the physicality of your body when you got a rash. There's other no. kinds of things where you can like kind of put it off for a minute, but a rash just
0: reminds you that you're alive and not in a good way i'm i'm uh people I think are are often surprised at how vulnerable I am to things you're like sensitive you're sensitive to soap and bad smells mm-hmm. and bad bad uh, hot tubs but i'm I'm very sensitive to to things and I think right now I'm reading a book about sleep, and the book about sleep is telling me that um, uh, if you if you're not getting good sleep, you might as well die of cancer right now, yeah. And so I'm, so last night I actually read the book about sleep until it it put me to sleep. Mm -hmm. And then I lay there and I woke up a little bit later and, and my body was like, you're not ready for sleep. And I, I really thought about this book, like, yes, I am ready for sleep body. Or would you like instead to just die at 56 of a thousand maladies? And my body said, Hmm. Hmm. All right. I'll I'll take this under advisement. And I did go back to sleep and I did sleep soundly. And so I'm thinking about this book and I'm thinking about like hmm I I have a rash. I also have been sick a lot lately. Maybe it's time to read a book about sleep. Wow. And so that's where I am. I'm at I am at the point in my life where I would voluntarily read a book about sleep and I, and I'm reading the intro and, and the the writer is like, well, I started as a psychiatry professor at Harvard and then I moved to Berkeley where I'm a, you know, a psychokinetic researcher and the chairman of the department. And I'm picturing, you know, this sleep researcher and I turn to the back of the book jacket and, uh, and this person looks like, um, uh, the male lead of Dirty Dancing, huh. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze, yeah. And I'm like, oh no! And I flip back to the intro again, and it said, for over 20 years, I've been working. And I was like, 20 years ago was 1998. Like, this oh, person, so he still doesn't have a dick. I mean, this person is 39 or something. Hmm. You know, you know, like, you saying he's leathery. It, no, I'm saying if you got in, if your career started in 1998, mm-hmm. um, you are, I mean, he's like got bleached hair. Hmm. And so it was, then it was really hard not to put the book down because I did not want to be lectured about sleep by someone who looked like Patrick Swayze. <laughs> but I was like, stay in the game, stay in the game. Yeah, Maybe he has some insights. Maybe you can learn something from a young person. And uh, well, so I made it through the first couple of chapters. There's uh, a Supreme Court justice who's younger than me.
1: No, it's very upsetting. The new, the the new yeah. one,
0: Gorsuch, yeah, is not Gorsuch. He? Is that
1: his name? Whoever the guy is that uh, that they jammed in there. Yeah, wow, it's very upsetting. I, I, upsetting. I got I got a tip for you. I can't promise this is going to help, but this is somewhat out of the cognitive behavioral uh, tradition, but something I've been doing that has been helping with the sleep. And you've heard me, I don't know if you've ever heard me mention this before. One of my catchphrases in life, one of my guiding principles, is to to remind myself that I've decided not to let it bother me. When something starts to bother me, I say to myself, you know what, I've decided not to let it bother me. And every part of that is important. So I've started trying to uh, adopt that with sleep. When I wake up and I suddenly ah, 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 I start feeling all the anxiety, I say, hmm. Maybe I'm not a bad person because I'm awake. Maybe I will actually get up for a few minutes. What if I gave myself one hour to be awake and said, after an hour, I'll go back to sleep. But I'm not going to feel bad about it. I have decided not to let it bother me. I have decided not to let it bother me. Hmm. I have decided not to let it bother me. And then, and then all of a sudden, you're not a bad person anymore. Now you're just somebody who's awake for a little while. And then you're somebody who can go back to sleep. Because you, you know what kills you? is the feeling bad about it. It's the being bothered that will keep you awake. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Sleep later, you will. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I, but but I mean, I know that I'm a bad person. I well, I don't I'm convinced yeah. of that, or or uh, disab abused of it either. But what? Well, yeah, I just uh, uh, this guy. You know, he he made me feel okay because he was like I, he gave me some of what I was looking for, which is. If you stay up late at night, that's because that's what you're supposed to do. And your body's on a cycle and you can't do anything about it. You're just it. a normal, healthy American boy. I'm an owl. I'm an owl. Not an early bird. I'm an owl. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh. And uh, and so I was like, yeah, damn right. And he said, but if you don't get eight hours of sleep a night, um, you're going to die. <laughs> the good news is eh, you're all right. The bad news is it's killing you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he said
1: "He said the world is fucked up. It's an open
0: face compliment sandwich. The world's fucked up. Nobody, you know, the the world is not made for people that want to sleep until 10 a.m., let alone noon. Uh. So it's too bad for you. Mm -hmm. If you don't get eight hours of sleep a night, your brain is going to turn into spaghetti noodles. Uh And so you will be too tired to realize it? I'm going to be too tired to go to war. Mm. (laughs) Too tired. Too tired (laughs) to go go to to war. war. What is all this...